Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome to this session on uh, the uh, 18th Wheeler, which is the uh, chapter in the white book titled uh, Overcoming Lust and Temptation. Uh, my name is uh, Bill, and I'm a recovered sexaholic. I'll be facilitating this uh, session. Um, I've been uh, uh, sexually sober since September 4th, 1993, and for that I'm never sufficiently grateful. Uh, and uh, um, in the spirit of the uh, fifth tradition to carry the message, this is a recorded session. The recording equipment will not be turned off during the uh, session. We ask that you please silence your cell phones. And uh, let's open with the serenity prayer. Prayer, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Okay. Sexaholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover. The only requirement for membership is the desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. There are no dues or fees for SA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. SA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sexually sober and help others to achieve sexual sobriety. Um, uh, we're going to be going through... Uh, the 18 wheeler and uh, um, I, uh, literally going through each of the 18 uh, numbered points in this chapter overcoming overcoming lust and temptation if you have your white book it starts on page 157 um, if you don't have a white book with you um, uh, you can uh, make whatever notes you want and uh and then compare it with what's in the book uh, at a later time. This is actually a two-part session. So uh, if you don't have a white book now and don't want to run out and get one at this very moment, you can go to the literature table between the sessions and pick up your very own white book. Uh, and uh, I will say that... Uh, if you're if you're a sexaholic and you don't yet have a white book, you really need to get yourself a white book as soon as you can. Um, by the way, I, I'm using the term white book. You'll see it on the table because it looks white. The actual title of it is Sexaholics Anonymous. Okay. 
Uh, also, um, uh, uh, if you have any questions, uh, there are pens and uh, index cards. I'm going to ask that come up, write down your question. Uh, if you want to sit down while you're writing, that's great. What I am not, what I do ask you to do is return the pens uh, to the uh, to the table. Uh, we tried earlier passing them out, and what we discovered is the pens walk out of the room, and then the next session doesn't have a pen. Okay, uh, so uh, I'm going to uh, just start and go through this because uh, this really is about going through the uh, through the text. Um, and and um, the the inspiration for for this uh, uh, topic uh, comes from a breakout session that my home group does on uh, uh, early recovery, and it's we'll have up to sixty, sometimes rarely ninety, but uh, it's not uncommon to have sixty people show up at our meeting on Saturday morning, and. Uh, uh, and so we'll do different breakout sessions, uh, literature study, but one of them is for uh, early recovery recommended for people uh, in their first 30 to 90 days of, uh, of sobriety. Uh, so um, the idea is if somebody starts off from day one, they show up and they say, they ask me, say, uh, what do I need to do to recover? Uh, the first uh, ass- uh, assignment that I give them is to read chapter one, uh, which uh, to, to start on the, the, the title page where it says Sexaholics Anonymous and read from there to the end of chapter one, which uh, ends on page eight with the 20 questions. Um, I, I'm assuming most of the folks in here know about the 20 questions. Um, then... I ask them to call me because the question I want to ask is, does this describe your experience with lust? Okay. Cause this is a pretty good, uh, uh, the title of the chapter is to the newcomer and it's a pretty good description of the problem that we have. And if the person says, uh, says, no, that's not really me, then we'll talk a little more. But, uh, uh, there are a number of, of S recovery groups, sex, uh, compulsive recovery groups uh, besides Sexaholics Anonymous. And they have prospered, many of them, for 40 years or so. And if they weren't doing any good for anybody, they'd all go away. Okay? Now, it is my belief that being a sexaholic, as it's described in the white book, and from the white book referring to the big book, I am a sexaholic. And that means to me that I have an allergy to lust that is manifest by craving. You give me a drink of lust, I want another drink. You give me more, I want too much. When I've had too much, I'm still not done. Okay? Um, uh, I, I'm not the only person in here who has, who has acted out to the point of personal self-injury. Okay? I know, I just know I'm not. Uh, I, I give a, 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 an example from my own experience back in my 20s when I could have sex many times in a night, found a partner who really deserves a seat in this fellowship, but she may very well be dead today, 
And I, I can't tell you how, how many times we acted out time and time and time again until we both got to the point, even in our 20s, when we could really go at it like rabbits, but I got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And I'm laying there in bed beside her, and what's going on in my mind? I'm still having lustful fantasies. My problem is not sex. My problem is lust. I get drunk on lust, and I keep wanting to drink more and more lust. And and uh, this was long before the days of the Internet, so I couldn't get out of bed and go log on and look at some more porn, or I probably would have. I have that allergy to lust, which is manifest as craving. I want more and more and more. Okay, well... Um, if I'm allergic to strawberries, what's the solution? Yeah, don't eat strawberries. Uh, anybody here who, uh, when, when you, uh, realized that you had a problem, you just quit acting out and your life suddenly got better? Right, no hands go up. Because when I'm not acting out, I, I, you know, I, I feel horrible. You know, and the reality is if you will just come to SA and quit acting out, you'll feel better. You'll feel pain better. You'll feel fear better, panic, terror, self-hatred. You'll feel it all much better. Okay? So the first question I want to know is, uh, oh, that's the first, that's the, the, the real part. The other part is that because I'm restless, irritable, discontent, terrified, in a rage, homicidal, suicidal, when I'm not acting out, I I am restless, irritable, and discontented until I can experience the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks of lust. But then I trigger the allergy. So i got to find a way to get free of the restless, irritable, discontented, and the obsession. And that's what that's what the program, the 12-step program of SA has to offer. But before we get started with that, the first question is, are you a sexaholic? Not everybody who has a DUI is an alcoholic. Not everybody who's been arrested for indecent exposure is a sexaholic. Okay? You might be an SAA-type addict. You might be an SLAA-type addict. You might be a whatever other Okay, and and again, please understand, I'm not throwing rocks at these groups. They do good work for good for a lot of people who I think probably are not sexaholics because it doesn't work. Those programs don't work for me, but this one does because my problem is not sex. I'm not a sex addict. I'm a lust addict, and I need a program that addresses lust. So that's the first question I got for the new guy. Are you? Do you belong in this fellowship or somewhere else? Then if you say, no, that describes my problem, then I really get hard, and I tell them to go to page 191 and read the sobriety definition. I'm not going to go through that in detail, but I will tell you that it starts off uh, uh, on page 191 at the bottom of the page. In defining sobriety, we do not speak for those outside Sexaholics Anonymous. We can only speak for ourselves. So I will speak for... 
through this white book, I will, or let me, I will let this white book speak for me and the rest of my fellows in Sexaholics Anonymous. This is our solution. It's the only solution Sexaholics Anonymous has to offer. If you do not like our solution, you might want to try a different solution. And if it works for you, as SAA or SLAA or others work for many people, God bless you. This is what works for people like me. And when I say people like me, I now have, this is not an exaggeration, I have well over 200 fellows with whom I've shared this journey long enough to understand we have the same problem, we have the same solution, and it's working for us. Okay? So if the guy is not frightened off now by our crazy radical solution, then the question is, if you're going to stop lusting and become sexually sober, how do you stop acting out long enough to get enough sobriety to where you can work the steps and have the spiritual experience, which will expel the obsession with lust and allow you to live the kind of life that you see some of the people around here have experienced now for uh, three and a half decades. So that's where this overcoming lust and temptation comes in. And as I said, I'm going to go through this uh, item by item over the next two sessions. Um, on page 158, uh, how I overcame my obsession with lust. Um, and there's a quote here um, that when I came in in 1993, the program that a lot of people embraced was meetings, 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 meetings. Okay? Go to lots of meetings. Whenever, uh, whenever you feel tempted... Make lots of phone calls. And, uh, and, and if you're still having problems, you're not making enough meetings. Okay? However, by the way, these people that worked that program, when I read the next sentence two lines down, work the steps, 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 you'd think they'd be grateful for me pointing that out. But you'd be wrong. Don't act out and go to meetings and don't act out if your ass falls out is not a program of recovery. Okay? Go to meetings, get a sponsor, work the steps, and don't act out if your ass falls off. That worked for me. Um, in the first year of my essay sobriety, my now former wife filed for divorce. Uh, I, uh, 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 I came perilously close to bankrupt. In the next year or so, I uh, ended up giving away a, uh, a very nice home in a, in a fairly nice area uh, because the alternative was to convert everything, all of our assets, into cash and feed it to the attorneys uh, one month at a time. So 
in my experience, this program works when things aren't going my way. My problem is when things are going my way, and I think that I can manage it from here on. That's my real problem. So let's get to number one, okay? Number one is stop practicing the compulsion. That's the don't act out if your ass falls off part. Because you can't get any relief from the obsession if you're still practicing the acts of lust. Okay, there's a joke in, in Alcoholics Anonymous that only Al-Anons are allowed to drink wine while they work the steps. Okay, the next one is stop feeding the obsession. This meant eliminating from what was under my control all printed and visual materials and other symbols of my tyranny. I had to stop feeding my lust by looking around and my use of television, movies, and music and by using and listening to the language of lust. The other day, uh, uh, while I was running around doing errands, um, um, uh, I can't remember which which particular song. Uh, uh, oh, yes, I can. Uh, um, um, no, I, the, the, it just got away from me. Anyway, but one, one of those, uh, 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 oh, Give Me Shelter, okay? Okay, the Rolling Stones. Now, you gotta understand, for me, this goes back to my adolescence. Uh, it was, it was new when I was. Um, okay. And I, man, I cranked that puppy up. Now, I've already got hearing loss, but I was, damn it, I was listening to this. I love rock and roll. Okay. Um, but in 19, you know, some of you may be aware that some of the lyrics in some rock and roll songs are really just filled with lust, lust and only the lust, okay? Today, I can put it on the rock stations, and if one of those songs comes in, uh, I can push the button and go to the other station. 25 years ago, that was not an option. So I gave up. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I gave up rock and roll uh, on the on the radio for about five years. I'm not sure exactly how many, but let's say it was only three. That's a long time for me. Uh, and 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 that was back. This is going to shock some of you people. Back in those days, we didn't have CD players. We did have some cassette players in some cars. The quality wasn't all that great. But I, I the only rock music I'd listen to were where I could control the content. I couldn't control the content on television, and I can't tell you about how many of the sitcoms of the 90s where I can truly say I've never seen a complete episode of Home Improvement, Seinfeld, and we can just go on and on. No, you never saw it. Nope, I never saw that. I turned the TV off for several years. Okay? I would turn it on to watch the evening news. I would turn it on if there was a particular sports event that I wanted to watch. And except for the news, I tried to avoid watching TV by myself. Um, willingness to take the action. Um, there was a fellow here some years ago who uh, uh, asked Harvey if Harvey would be his, his sponsor. And Harvey said, I'd love to be your sponsor, but I can't. And he said, why not? He said, because you're not a member of the fellowship. And I said, what do you mean I come to the meetings? He says, says uh, what's the requirement for, uh, for, for membership? He says, 
well, the desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. He says, yeah, and you just don't have the desire to stop lusting. And the guy was so angry, and he went home, and uh, later that evening he started crying because he realized Harvey told him the truth. He wanted to stop acting out while controlling and enjoying lust. Okay, For people like us, that's just not an option. When I say us, the sexaholics in the room, if this doesn't apply to you and you're not a sexaholic, please don't be offended. Number three is participate in the fellowship of the program. And, uh, um, and, and again, I just want to make the, the point that we do have people in isolated spots who are, who are able to get sober. Okay, when, when, when Harvey and Jess and Sylvia and some of the other folks who were the old timers when I showed up started getting sober, they were running up ridiculous long distance bills because today with, 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 with both my home phone and this phone, I can dial any uh, number in the country and it doesn't cost me anything. But back then it was called long distance and it could get expensive. Okay. And, and so that was the way that they had fellowship. Now today we're spoiled. Um, uh, I got sober before the internet was the internet. There was an internet, but it wasn't the internet that you're thinking of. You had to, to dial up for your connection. If you wanted to download an image, any image, an, an image of a tree, you better have five minutes because it's going to take a while to download. Forget streaming video. Okay. Now we had porn shops where you could go buy really disgusting, uh, perverted material, but it wasn't just three clicks away. Today, we can use that same tool of the Internet that so many of us use to feed our addiction to support our, uh, our recovery. There is an SA.net chat group. There are, are telephone uh, meetings where you can call in. There may be uh, 20 or more people on the, on the call from all over the country. Uh, I, I don't do that meeting very often uh, but I do understand that it's not uncommon that you'll be on a U.S. meeting and somebody will call in from somewhere in Western Europe because of the time difference and it's 3 o'clock in the morning and who are they going to talk to? Well, they're just going to call into the meeting. Okay? Now, I'm, I know I'm blessed. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. We got, we got three to five meetings every day of the week. I, I, I understand that. But I have, I have moved around in, in, uh, sobriety and I've, I've, I've been in places where the, uh, nearest other essay, we both had to start driving for two hours to meet in the middle if we wanted to meet face to face. I've gone to places where, where when we sat in a room with, uh, 10 or 15 people and you added all their sobriety up, I had more sobriety than they did. And folks, I, I only had six years at that time. That's a scary place to be. But what we did was we started with the fellowship. Then we got into the program. We went through the big book and the white book together, worked the steps together as a group, as a fellowship. And and people began to recover. I moved away. Oh, my God, Bill's left. What are we going to do now? 
we're going to continue working the steps. We're going to welcome newcomers in. You know, two years after I left, the fellowship had doubled in size since I left. I was joking that the people were waiting till I got out of town because they didn't like me before they'd come into SA. Yeah, I hear, I hear the ego there. But I still had some self-esteem problems in early sobriety. Uh, uh, next, number four, is admit powerlessness. And um, <clears throat> this is where I find the first of a number of prayers that are in this chapter. And my instruction to the new guy as he go, goes through this... Uh, by the way, because of being here in Nashville, it's not necessary for me to sponsor women because we got some women who are kick-ass, book-thumping sponsors. So I don't have to sponsor women. But I got to tell you, we have some fellowships, some parts of the fellowship that are so remote where uh, where some of the uh, recovered uh uh, older men will sponsor uh, longer term, when I say older, longer term sober men will sponsor women through the steps. And I'm proud to tell you that in some of those places, now we've got enough women who've gone through the steps either with out of town or out of country sponsors or have worked the steps with, with some of the men in their, their fellowship so that now those those areas don't need men sponsoring women anymore because they got some kick-ass, book-thumping women sponsors in their own town now. So uh, I tell the person to go through and, and underline or highlight every prayer they find. I just want you guys to see, I'm, for those on, uh, on the recording, I'm holding up my book, which has, has all manner of margin notes and highlights because this is a text and I'm going to need to come back to some of this stuff when my ass is falling off and I'm either going to act out or I'm not going to act out what am I going to do instead so so this first prayer is I'm powerless please help me and and the very next sentence is sometimes a hundred times a day now Roy was a pretty good writer and writers sometimes will uh, exaggerate for effect uh, but I'm not sure that's really an exaggeration in my experience. A hundred times a day doesn't sound excessive. Uh, for how many times do I have a lust thought that I want to surrender when I was first getting started in this thing? Okay? Um, then, then he talks uh, in that paragraph more about reading step one in the 12 and 12. Help me see that my powerlessness was the firm bedrock upon which a happy and purposeful life could be built. So, so again, we're going to go through this uh, together. We're not, I'm not just telling, go highlight the prayers, and then we're going to talk about the prayers. We're going to go through every one of this, just like we're, we're talking about here. So what does that mean? It means that when I think that I'm going to overcome lust by my own willpower, I find that the lust pushes back, and even worse, the lust wins most of the time. And here's the worst part. It doesn't win every time. And I think it might be kind of like a pool hustler. Okay? It let me win once or twice, so I'll come back and try the game just one more time. Because you know it was successful last time. Maybe I can do it again this time. And that's when it really kicks my butt all over the room. Okay. Next is... uh 
number five is surrender. And, and at this point, what he's saying, saying is that without surrender, the mere admission of powerlessness doesn't connect us to our higher power. And, uh, uh, and so, so, uh, he has a prayer about this. That, uh, uh, every time I was tempted from within or without, is there anybody here who can get uh, drunk right here in this room right now without anybody noticing anything different? Yeah, okay. Within or without. I've already got all the chemicals in my brain that I need for a debauch. All I have to do is pour a little lust on, on that like pouring gasoline on a little smoldering fire, right? Boom! So he has a prayer, I surrender the right to lust after this person. Please take it away. Uh, and and I, I want to go to the next thing. I, I may have had to repeat the surrender over and over again, but it worked. I felt It felt scary at first, but I was staying sober and it was slowly getting easier one temptation at a time. And in my margin note, I have this surrender prayer. I put my lust on God's desk. Um, The other is repeat over and over again. Remember the previous one I said a hundred times a day? Here I'm talking about repeat over and over again. I'm going to come back to this, but but I'm I'm kind of... Laying the, laying the trap. Number six is bring the inside out. Okay? And, and he starts off, uh, as I began to see that I would apparently never be cured of the possibility of lusting, I had to bring other steps to bear on me. Steps four and five open the door to being able to look at myself critically. This was probably the most important change of attitude in my recovery. Again, very clearly, the founder of the program, the author of the white book, is talking about right here in this chapter, Overcoming Less Temptation, about working steps four and five. This 18-wheeler is not a, 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 a Cliff Notes version of how to work the program without working the steps. It's not the easier, softer way. It's not the substitute. It is actions I can take to stay sober long enough to work the steps so that I can experience some some relief from the obsession with lust. Um, then, and and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go. Take, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. Then he said, "But I had to keep taking many inventories as, as suggested in the fifth and tenth steps." Uh, this is, uh, th- this is, is, is something for you, uh, big book lawyers or, uh, white book lawyers. If you go to the 12 and 12, it, the, the repeated inventories are covered in step 10. There was an old curmudgeon who saved 
hundreds of lives in Nashville AA who would tell people, damn it, you only do step four once. After that, we call it step 10. The reality is, I don't care what you call it. Just do the work. I have been sober for uh, 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 26 years now. And I promise you, I've done many more than 50 written inventories. The most recent one was done within the last three months. There will be another one coming in the next three months, I'm pretty sure. Unless everybody starts straightening up and doing things my way, there is another inventory in my future. And I don't care what you call it, but, but, but what is important, not what I call it, it's that I call my sponsor and say, Rick, they're not behaving. I'm getting ready to do some writing. When can we get together? Because when I finish writing step, step 10, remember it says we, we, if these crop up, we discuss it with another person at once. What does it once mean? Okay? If I close, if you close your, your door, your, I'm sorry, close your hand in my car door and, and the door's locked, when do you want me to unlock the door so you can open it and get your hand out? At once? Is that five, ten minutes from now? A week? Yeah, at once. I, I, the last inventory, I, I struggled with it. I, I, I had a joke with some of my friends. You know how long, long it took me to write that last inventory? Three weeks and 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Took me three weeks of stewing on it to get, to get sufficiently uncomfortable that I sat down and in 45 minutes wrote the inventory. I saw my sponsor the very next morning at breakfast by one in the afternoon, I was feeling really good. I could have felt better three weeks before, but I'm still a sexaholic at heart. Okay. Uh, number seven is trust. Um, and and uh, I'm going to read this. As I was more and more able to live above my lust, learning to trust more and more in God's power to expel the obsession I soon learned to begin each day with a prayer of putting myself and my lust in God's hands. Here's the words I want you to hear on this. God's power to expel the obsession. Wow. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. And then in, uh, in item seven is the third prayer. And he has taken the third step prayer from page 63 of Alcoholics Anonymous, and he's rewritten it. So that he says, keep me sober from my lust today. I promise you that's not what it says in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. How dare he do that? That's sacrilegious. Except that in the big book, what does it say about the step three prayer? The wording, of course, was quite optional. So long as, oh, don't you just hate it? Damn AAs and SAs, they're not going to tell you what you have to believe or how you have to pray. They're just going to tell you what worked for them. You can, you can, you can do it the way you want. 
Uh, number eight is use the uh, literature of the program. Quote, the 12 and 12 and Alcoholics Anonymous were my, were my first guides in working the steps. Again and again, I found what I needed in those original documents that launched the 12-step program. Many of us now find that working the principles outlined in our essay literature adds another dimension and is very helpful. Adds another dimension. Uh, I got to tell you, when I showed up in 1993, having uh, been sober, or at least dry, if not really sober, in AA for uh, three and a half years, I, I had some awareness of what the big book said. But I never worked the steps primarily because I didn't believe they'd work for me, because I knew God hated me and wouldn't do for me what he did for the rest of you guys. So why bother? After three and a half years, almost four years without a drink, after stopping acting out in September of 1993, in December of 1993, I was put in a psychiatric hospital because I was about to shoot myself in the head, and the question was, would it be with a 357 Magnum handgun or a 12-gauge shotgun? But it was about to happen. I'm glad that somebody said, no, no, Bill, you really are going into the hospital, voluntarily or involuntarily, but it's happening. Um, and I got a lot of good help there, but I really got a great suggestion from one of the counselors that I needed to get a sponsor and work the steps. And in uh, Jan late January or early February 1994, I got a, a temporary sponsor named Rick. I asked him to take me through the steps. And uh, next week we're going to decide whether we're going to, whether it might work out for another week or so because he's still my temporary sponsor. Um, so um, some of you guys know our original old-timer here in Nashville, Harvey. Harvey's sponsor was in AA. So Harvey went through the steps out of the big book. And then after a handful of people got sober doing that, there was this influx, and the number of people working the steps out of the big book were overwhelmed by the people whose program was meetings, 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 meetings. Don't act out if your ass falls off. Make a phone call if you're uh, uh, tempted and go to more meetings. If you ask them about working the steps... They said, well, yeah, I'm working the steps out of the white book. Right here, it says that we don't have the instructions to work the steps out of the white book. It appears in another place in the white book on page 76. The instructions on how to work the steps are simply not in the white book. Or at least the author of the white book says the instructions aren't in the white book. I believe them. And he further says, where do you find the instructions? The big book and the 12 and 12. Again, you might think that if you point that out to people who don't know that, they would be grateful. And you would be mistaken. 
they were not grateful. They simply got more angry. I mean, I was, I was told that it was offensive for me to bring that damn AA big book to a meeting of Sexaholics Anonymous. Okay? All right. That's where we were. That's, that was my experience in 1994. Um, but once I got sober, no, once I got some serious recovery as a result of working the steps, somebody asked me to be a sponsor. Then somebody else, then somebody else. And I have not been without a sponsee for 26 years. Yeah, 26 years. Wow. Um, believe me, they, they do more to keep me sober than I do to get them sober. Okay? Uh, so I was blessed that um, I would go to essay meetings where where Harvey and a number of the other old-timers that you're going to get to hear some of them this weekend when they speak at the, at the meals. Uh, then I would go to AA meetings where my sponsor, Rick, uh, was helping me work through the steps out of the big book. And, uh, and, and, and so I followed the program of recovery. And, and, uh, step 12 has, has, has one particular promise within the, tw- the self, the step itself. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. That's the promise, the spiritual awakening as the result of working the steps. So, so that was, if you will, my, uh, my introduction to, um, to, to, to the program of recovery. Uh, number nine is go to work on the uh, other defects. Um, and and uh, I'm going to stop here because we're going to have another session uh, to pick up on the, the rest of these. I would also like, before we close here in just a moment, uh, to um, offer that... Uh, uh, that if you have any questions or, or thoughts that have been provoked thus far, feel free to write some things down on the index card, and we uh, I, I will uh, I will address them in the next session. If you're going to a different session and won't be able to attend the next one, I will tell you that this is being recorded, and uh, Lee will have the recordings for sale. Uh, now I am a uh, I am a, a speaker recording junkie. Uh, I am a sustaining uh, uh, patron of Lee CDs and tapes, whether it's AA speakers or SA speakers. Um, uh, I have he- I have heard ideas that that did not originate with my sponsor by listening to other people in recovery. So if you're not here for the second session. It will be recorded, and uh, uh, like I say, I encourage you to go ahead and get a copy of that if you've heard anything this session uh, that you that you think you'd like to pursue. So we are about out of time for this session. Uh, anything you have heard at this meeting uh, is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of essay are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. 
And I'm going to uh, suggest that we close with the third step prayer. Yes. Someone just pointed out that we have 15 more minutes, and that's because I can't tell time. So we will continue. Thank you. See, when somebody points out that what you're doing is incorrect, the appropriate response is thank you. (laughs) By the way, I learned that from Sandy Beach. And if you don't know who Sandy Beach is, go over to Lee's CD's uh, table and ask him about Sandy Beach. Okay? So number nine is go to work on the other... uh, on the other defects. Um, and and this, is, this is mind-blowing. I discovered to my utter amazement that lust was not my root problem at all. It was just another symptom of my underlying spiritual illness, diseased attitudes. Uh, lust was never my problem. Lust was the solution for my problems. Now, for a number of years... Uh, Alcohol, cocaine, and amphetamines uh, with liberal doses of marijuana and whatever else you had helped numb the pain of the spiritual malady. Okay? When I got off the booze and drugs in 1990, when I stopped using them, that's not the same as sobriety, but when I stopped using them, lust had to carry the load until 1993 when it stopped working. It stopped working. I got to the point where when I acted out, there was not a full second of relief. Pleasure had long since gone. But I didn't even have a full second of relief before the shame, guilt, and self-loathing poured in again. At this point, I'm just compulsively feeding the beast. And I kept doing that uh, till I got to where I was going to blow my brains out. And in, at the, in August, a fellow sat down in another recovery meeting and talked about his story, which I knew that he was a ringer because he was telling my story right down to the shotgun part. He was a sexual predator just like I was. I just knew this guy was a ringer. And then he concludes by saying that uh, after, uh, after having spent some time in treatment, that he, he was now going to meetings of Sectaholics Anonymous. And he thought he was going to get out the door before I tackled him and said, Sectaholics, what? Okay, so, so this, this lust problem, yes, lust creates incredible problems in my life. But, but, but without, without the fantasies and lust, when I was a, a small child, helpless child, being abused, I might not have survived. Or I might have been one of those kids you read about in the paper, or they, usually they even make the national news, when a uh, when a ten year old kills his parents, uh, that usually makes the news. I had that thought. 
consciously formed thought that I might need to kill her before she kills us. Fortunately, I didn't have to act on that thought because I had the fantasy and masturbation and it made the bad feelings go away. Thank God. Okay. Uh, so, so, so that's the first part, the real shocker that lust is not the problem. Um, uh, then, uh, and I'm not reading every word of this, but, but I want to get to his payoff. And that is, I went to step study meetings to learn how others were actually getting victory over their defects. Pray for the person I resented. Ask for them what, what I want, what you want for yourself. I'm not sure if that's a prayer or not a prayer. But it seems to me like you could consider that a prayer. Pray for the person. Ask for them what you want for yourself. Okay? So that's the next prayer that I find in here. Um, the other point he's talking about here is step study meetings. Roy got sober in the Pacific group of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay? His sponsor, Roy's sponsor, is still alive today. Okay? And, uh, and, and his sponsor is a, uh, is an, is an AA curmudgeon that, that is as, as hard ass as my sponsor is. I'm just not sure I would want this other guy for my sponsor. Okay? On the other hand, he's probably saved thousands of lives by telling people the truth they didn't want to hear. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, I, that he has been a part of my recovery. I'm equally glad he's not my sponsor. Okay? But we're talking here, I want to get back, step study meetings. If you don't know what those are, then start one. And, and I'm not, I, I know that's a catch-22, but if you want to know what a step study meeting is, just uh, contact Seiko and say, this crazy guy said we should start a step study meeting in uh, uh, eastern Kansas, and we don't know what that is. How can we find out? Now, I promise you, they'll get you connected with, with, with someone who has been in a place where we went in, there weren't any step study meetings. We had to start our own damn step study meetings, thank you very much. And now that we've done it a few times, we really think we might have, be onto something here. But it basically has to do with using the literature. Uh, and and I, I, I heard something that I really like. If you have the literature in your meeting, then you have the voice of at least one sober sexaholic in the meeting. And, and, uh, um, and again, I, I am just so very grateful that when I was starting to get sober, that, that there were people in those meetings who, who, had, who had worked the steps out of the big book and offered offered me a vision of what recovery could mean. Um, 
So again, I'll just reiterate one more time that uh, that that the prayer that can be paid, found on page one sixty one is is ask for someone you resent what you want for yourself. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, I'm going to go on to number 10. Um, Learn to give instead of take. This technique worked on lust. Whenever I'd catch a likely image in the corner of my eye, instead of obeying the impulse to look and drink, I'd keep looking straight ahead while praying for that person. Hear the next prayers. It might be simple God bless her and give her what she needs, or depending on the intensity of the lust stimulation, it might be more fervent. God bless her and make her a blessing. Thy will be done in her life. I want to make the point here uh, that he says, I'd keep looking straight ahead while praying for that person. See, I can't, take two quick shots of Jack Daniels and ask God, please keep me from getting drunk. The time to start praying is before before I go into the bar. Certainly before I pick up the glass. So what about lust? I can't stare at someone and drink them in and then start praying to God to keep me from getting drunk. I've already taken the drink. And we're going to come to another place where he says the same the the same thing. This is this is is not good news, folks, uh, because because I remember when the automatic, unconscious, unaware reaction to any image in in my periphery was to focus. Okay, and uh, and. and I, you know, I I would I would would turn to uh, um, to to an to an image and realize this is a this is a man in flowing robes, not a woman in a dress. And and since my lust is basically women, not men, I would be disappointed when I found out. But see, it was all it was kind of like the search radar was just already on. And if there was any possible target, it was lock on and then, okay? Now, getting the, the discipline just over and over again, don't even look. I may have been praying for a number of men that were in the corner of my eyes that I thought might have been women that I could be lusting after, but instead of and I'm and instead of say praying for him, I'm praying for her. But I don't think God cares. <laughs> I think the only thing God cares about is, oh look at little Billy, he's checking in. This is a this is one of my powerful prayers. Um, I was I was giving a similar talk some years ago. Uh, it was actually in Israel, and at that point, let's say I'd been sober 19 years. I don't, I don't know, and uh, um, 
And and so one of the folks who was fairly new asked me the question. The way he phrases the question is, "What did you do uh, when you were when when you were being tempted by uh, 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 women on the street?" And I and and I had had lunch. This was in the afternoon. I had lunch with a friend that day. We'd walked out of a parking garage, the the you know the the multi level. Uh, on ground level, walked out of a dark parking garage onto a brightly lit Jerusalem street. Sun's really bright, and I am standing within three feet of a very attractive olive-skinned uh, 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 woman with long brown hair. And I immediately turned to my friend and started praying for her. Now, I want you to listen to what I just said. See, I saw her and I got that image. She had olive skin. She had brown hair. She had brown eyes. She was very attractive. But here's what I can't tell you. How large were her breasts? I don't know. Well, how about her butt? Was it, was it, was it really? I don't know because I didn't turn to look as she went by. Okay? Now, 26, 27 years ago, it would have been a different story. I'd have all of her locked in here. See? But anyway, so the guy said, when you had lunch, so I said, oh, you're talking about like this afternoon, man, you could have heard a pin drop. Because I've been sober almost 20 years, and I'm, yes, I'm still using the tools. Okay? Uh I'm going to, uh, uh, oh, there's something else I want to say about this. Uh, he says, I began doing the same for models and ads that had similar power. I can do this for any image. Uh, because if you think about it, I was, not, I was not tempted to lust after that woman in the street in Jerusalem. I was tempted to lust after the objectified image that I, my lust would have created of that woman. Is that distinction clear? I see heads nodding. You're getting it. This is really important. Okay? Because because the fact that it is not her or him means that I that now I am free. I'm not talking about in in 1994. What I'm saying is if I'm willing to do this work and stick with it, then what I could what I come to realize is that the problem is not them. And when the problem's not them, I am now free. I, I, I'm not going to count, but I'm going to tell you that I have more than a dozen women friends in recovery, and over half of those are sexaholics who are precisely the, the, the type of partner I would have sought out in my disease. And they're probably, if they're an SA, they're probably just sick enough that 30 years ago when I still had hair and, and had been running triathlons, they might have said, yes, this looks good too. Okay? But the, again, remember, they're not having sex with me. They're having sex with the image that they create to satisfy their lust. And I've got to be clear, that's not, they're not the problem. Okay? And uh, um, and so it, by getting free of that image, um, and and then um, there is the 
a sentence. Uh, there's, there's, there's just a handful of sentences uh, in our literature with which I disagree, and this is one of them. The measure I give is the measure I get back. And that's not true. The measure I get back is completely out of proportion to the measure I give. I give a little bit. I pray for a glass of water and God pours down a shower. Okay? That's my experience. So, so, so it's not like I come as a beggar, please, a little bit. I just open my hands and it comes. And, and I'm going to come back to this because every year I just get amazed one more time. You, you can't top that. <laughs> I'm God. You just stand by and watch. Okay. So I'm kind of happy to report. I do disagree with that one sentence uh, there because the measure that I get back is completely out of measure to what I'm giving. And now I am paying attention to the time and it really is time. And I'm, I am sincere when I thank you because I would have I would have felt really foolish when Lee ends up with 15 minutes of blank time on his tape. So thank you. I'm sincere. Uh, So now I think is a great time uh, for us to close with the third step prayer. So let's pray together. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Okay, if you're coming back uh, for session two, it'll be about 15 minutes. Thank you. Pardon? Just said the first book is on God. Yeah. Oh, hey. Were you in here? No, I just saw you. Okay. Hi. Sarah. Hello. Yes, I do. So, who who's sponsoring you now? Okay. I, I, I knew that's how I'd met you, but I just didn't know where you were. Cool. Well, and you don't need you don't need to uh, you don't need to get a new sponsor. I was just asking. Uh, now, so so you've been so. today, me and all the women from Atlanta. We met there. Okay. So, are you one of those uh, kick-ass book thumping women that's sponsoring women in Atlanta now? See that? Look at that. Look at that. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. So, so so oh, okay. So so. So, so that experience I made up, that, that experience I shared is not just something I made up. It's something I watched. The first one. Yeah, I remember. Only one for a long time, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I remember when I first met you and Kathy was talking about, I asked her to do so. She does it. She does, you know, it's kind of. Oh, yeah, oh, that's that actually. Listen, uh, I waited a few years to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could yeah. be able to be with the Hendersonville group. Hendersonville, North Carolina. No, I've I've never been part of that. Sarah, Sarah, 
Thank you for coming up. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.